Hi, I'm Brenda Burns, and this is the Vienna Assembly of God Sermons Podcast. Thank you for listening. It's an honor to share this time with you. Learn more about the ministries of Vienna Assembly of God at ViennaAG.com. Please leave your comments and reviews on the platform where you're listening. And now for today's message. So I'm titling today's message, Favorite Things. And it's not the same as an Oprah show where I'm going to be bringing out a bunch of great stuff and giving it away to all of you in the audience. I'm sorry, I don't have uh, expensive gifts for you this morning. (laughs) Um, But I do want to share just some favorite things that happened this last week um, on our travels. I, I joked with everybody because it kind of was such a unusual situation. For one thing, I have not flown much during the pandemic. The flying I had done was to um, help take care of our kids in Nashville. Uh, but th- this past week, I did. I was on airplanes a lot, and it's like I'm really not a jet setter, I promise. But we went to Nashville for our grandson's baptism, and then um, got home at after midnight last Sunday night. And then, so I don't. I lost track of time. I don't know what time I finally laid down because I had to make sure that my suitcase was ready for the next morning when I got up to go catch a very early flight to Charleston for this event with the uh, female pastors. And um, so it was like, I'm not a jet setter, but that's what I'm doing right now. Um, Fitbit said I got less than four hours of sleep that night, so whatever. Uh, But here, I'm going to... um, I think what I want to do is show you the pictures first. So I'm just going to turn and I've got pictures up here and I'm going to narrate what I'm showing you here. And then I'm going to go through some of the lessons learned. So let's see here. There is the baptism. um, And that is Sam and uh, my daughter, Catherine, and, and her husband, Jacob, and their older son, Oscar. And it was a joyous, joyous occasion Um, I think the next picture is, yeah, there's Catherine, just, I don't remember if that was before or after, but there he is, happy boy. This was the spread after church there uh, on the playground of the church. They just invited all the young families, uh, their friends, and they they just put out uh, uh, snacks, and all those flowers are from my daughter's garden. And so it was just a beautiful, and thank God for great weather and, you know, just the chance to hang out and, and just fellowship and, and share with one another. So that's what that is. And this was um, the, Catherine's um, second from the right, right? And, the, and then the girls next to her. Well, I think her other friend too. They were all pregnant together, and the three, the three on the left, all got baptized that in that service. And so it was just a joyous, joyous time, um, as you can see, <laughs> with the smiles on the faces. Um, one of Craig's favorite things to do, and there was a little bit of time to do it, is to let his grandsons play video games with him. And the next slide shows that actually 
he won a game and he was like, perfect, it's time to go to the airport. <laughs> so, <laughs> and very unusual that he could actually win a game. So, um, and notice that I'm not even in that shot. <laughs> that, that's not even a thing. Um, now we're down in Charleston and I was blessed to spend uh, an afternoon with Beth Grant and she just spoke into my life so much and what what a blessing what a blessing that was these photos are at a um, a plantation tour that we took and you know these plantation tours uh i have learned in my racial justice journey can be controversial um, because sometimes they don't uh, give the full picture this particular one we went on the tour of the slave cabins and the docent gave a very full real picture of what life was like on this plantation for the slaves and um, i was just you were sitting like out in a pavilion on little benches and these cabins were in front of you while he gave the talk it lasted about 30 minutes and then at the end of the talk you just, everybody just gets up and goes and tours the cabins. I couldn't move. I was just, I, I just sat there and I just had to let it all finish settling in on me and soaking in it for the moment. When I did walk to the cabins, each, there were only four cabins standing and they had been refurbished to represent different eras of time on that plantation. So only one of them was pre-Civil War. The others, people lived in these cabins all the way up until 1990. And this particular one, I believe, was the pre-Civil War. And just something about the doorway and the window and the light, the way that framed for me. I, I, as I'm walking up into this cabin, the song, Lord Have Mercy, was just singing over me. <laughs> and I just began singing it, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy on us. And I hope that in your journeys, when you come upon historic evidence of some of the ways that our country has sinned, that you can pray that prayer, Lord have mercy. Because we do not want to um, disregard those things. We don't want to just move on and, and deny. We want to have the cleansing power of God to meet us at those places. And let's pray for the mercy of God. Okay. That's just a beautiful arrangement because in the, the reason people lived in those cabins so long, following freedom, following the Civil War and when freedom was finally granted, many of the slaves still lived there they were paid some very, very low wage, and those cabins were provided as housing, but they, 
but the rice plantation aspect was done and over with, but the gardens were continued to be kept. The owners of the plantation understood that they had to figure out some way to uh, have income. And so this particular one has beautiful gardens, and this was one of the, just the displays in one of the areas. That's a, apparently, they claim, the most photographed spot in South Carolina <laughs> at this plantation. And so it's just this beautiful bridge. I, I had a lovely restorative walk that afternoon just through all the gardens and everything and, and took that photo. This was the view from my hotel room of Charleston. And um, the first morning I was there, it was socked in with fog. Like there's the, it, you couldn't see hardly anything. It was just foggy everywhere. But the second morning, um, that was the sunrise and um, just a, a beautiful, glorious way to start the day. And in the afternoon, went on a walk and found myself uh, again at Mother Emanuel Church and was able to walk up again, kneel on those steps and pray a prayer for mercy. And if you don't remember, this is the church where I believe in 2016, I, I've forgotten the year, I'm sorry, uh, but a young man came to church, joined Bible study for half an hour, 45 minutes, and then um, proceeded to shoot everybody that was there. And he purposely chose an African-American church uh, to do this. It was a, um, uh, it, there wasn't even trying to hide it. This was pur purposely an act of hatred towards African-Americans. And the thing about Mother Emanuel is the response that they made and the way that they asked God <laughs> for mercy to help them and how they offered forgiveness to the killer and it's it's profound and it's just amazing to and, and so for me and the friend I was with we we didn't realize it until we saw it that we were about to walk up to Mother Emanuel and it was like we just a hush came over us it was like <laughs> we were approaching holy ground here and we just need to uh, you know in addition to just praying for them it was praying for me praying for us, God, could I have that strong of faith? Could I have that strong of love in my life that if something that horrific and cruel and, and um, awful were to happen, how, you know, to have that level of love and grace and, and true faith in the power of God and the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, it's powerful. And here's the group photo um, in Charleston. And so lots of new friends, lots of new friends that I got to make. And it was just an amazing, amazing time. So was that the last one? Okay, great. All right, so some stories, some lessons from traveling. Um, first thing, first uh, on our way to Nashville, first thing that happened, we missed our flight. <laughs> 
and I freaked out, okay? My husband was calm and collected and just made it all, just everything worked out. And I just want to say, God is merciful, and sometimes people are too. And the agent that was there um, was very, kept a very calm voice with me, and I'm like saying, but the plane is right there. And she's like, I'm sorry, but it's, it's just not possible. And then I'm saying, like, nothing worked the way it's supposed to today. And like, I mean, I'm freaking out here at the gate. And Craig is just like, it, it, it's all right. It's our fault. It's our fault. <laughs> like, and anyway, she was so helpful. Got us immediately rebooked. We were only a couple of hours later than we would have been, and it worked out great. God is merciful, and people often are too. Travel lessons. Uh, second, uh, that picture last Sunday morning of the baptism and Oscar up on the platform. So. One of the things, like once he got up there and, there, you know, his families are gathered and, and he's there, um, he, he uh, sees something and he, and he like goes to Jacob and, and he, I can't remember which club it was, but he says, he's wearing a Nashville soccer club shirt. Or else, a he's wearing a Tottenham shirt. I don't know which, it, Jacob has two favorite clubs. So anyway, it's just like... Um, he, Jacob told that story later on, like here they are, this somber moment of the baptism and everything, and Oscar's all about somebody out there is wearing a soccer shirt. So, you know, lesson, lessons from travel. I am thankful for the freedom for a three-year-old to be a three-year-old, you know, and for the humor of the moment and how that is just a part of it. It's just a part of life, and so it's beautiful. Uh, Lessons, travel lessons. If Uber is expensive, just wait a couple of minutes. So <laughs> I, I checked Uber when we landed in Charleston, and the ride to the hotel was going to be about $25. Um, I got down to uh, the luggage area and everything, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to hit go until I was sure I had everything. So now I'm down there, and I hit it again, and it's now fifty-five dollars. I'm like, oh. so I was just, you know, I just decided, you know what? I'm not in a hurry. I don't have anybody to meet at any certain time. I'm just going to sit down here, and literally two minutes later, looked again, and it's back down to about twenty-five. So it, and but the, then what I learned, a friend. When she did it, her, the Uber was $300 to get from the airport to the hotel. <laughs> so something weird happened where a lot of planes just all landed at once and everybody was looking up Uber. And so here's the lesson. If it's expensive, just wait a couple of minutes and then try again. Don't freak out. Just breathe. It's going to be all right. <laughs> Another lesson I learned, and I almost decided, I, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. And, and y'all can let me know if you've had a similar experience. Leaders are amazing. That group photo on those steps, that happened in about three minutes. That was, I mean, I was just amazed. It was like we were in a ballroom thing, and they said, the picture is going to be across the way on the steps. You, we need you to just go over there. 
we just went, we got in place, we got, everybody's ready, and the take, they take the picture, three minutes later, we're done. Now, but I might need to say something here. I might need to say female leaders are amazing. Because I have been in settings where a bunch of guy leaders take forever because they can't manage to just do what they're told. <laughs> but female leaders are awesome. I, 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 it was just amazing. All right, lessons from my travels. Stepping into new levels of ministry also means stepping into new levels of spiritual attack. As the leader, the new executive director of Project Rescue was sharing this reality, she just began ticking off things. And as I listened to that, I realized that this is true for many that I know. So, for example, um, things going on with your children, anxiety, or trauma-induced mental health challenges, or physical health issues. When it's your children, it brings on this extra level of attack your own personal health. Stepping into new levels of ministry also means stepping into new levels of spiritual attack. Our own dear Patty stepped into a new level of ministry of leading a prayer group for six weeks in her home. That's, um, we're on a break now for this season, but she's not here this morning because she's facing a personal health attack. It is a real thing. There can be family dynamics that all of a sudden whack out on you. Like, where did that come from? Because you stepped into a new level. There can be leadership challenges. <laughs> and, and being around these other pastors and everything was a great chance to, to learn and understand, we're, you know, you're not alone in this. These kinds of challenges are, come with the territory. It is real. And the thing is, prayer is essential as we step up to the plate. As we step into new areas of ministry, do not even consider doing it without some undergirding of prayer, without depending on the Lord. Don't step out in front of what he is calling you to do, but go with him. So... We're going to read some scripture here in a moment to further reiterate that point. But stepping into new levels of ministry also means stepping into new levels of spiritual attack. And God does big things even through small acts of obedience. So I'm just going to share one story from a pastor I met uh, Jess pastors in rural Pennsylvania. And early in the pandemic, she responded to the request to host Convoy of Hope. 
So I don't know if you remember, but um, early in the pandemic, do you remember the lines for the food banks? Do you remember the reality of, of how many people were needing just to get boxes of food to be able to get through the week? And so um, there were all kinds of, and we participated in some of that through um, ICMR. They, ICMR went and picked up food and they had several, they distributed lots of boxes of food um, through their church. Uh, but she responded uh, when Convoy of Hope asked, looking for a church that could be a distribution point. Now, she pastored a small church. <laughs> and so I asked her to tell me the story because I was like, you know, boxes aren't people. <laughs> Just because you got a lot of boxes don't mean you got a lot of people. Like, how did you do this? And so she, she said, you know, they called and I was just like willing and just said to do it. But then when it came down to it, she only had 48 hours notice that a semi-truck was coming and was going to be on her parking lot. And then a snowstorm came. And she said, a significant snowstorm. So now it's Sunday morning. The truck is going to be showing up that afternoon. She's got 10 people at church. So just imagine yourselves right now. Hi, guys. A convoy of truck. Hope Truck is showing up this afternoon. It's full of boxes that we've got to offload. Are y'all ready? Because that's what we're doing today, okay? And so what she did was ask everybody that was at church to please call everybody you know <laughs> to meet us here and be here for help. And then what happens, this truck through the snowstorm gets to the parking lot. They've got a few people collected to try to help figure out this offloading thing and be, they're they're in a rural area but there's neighbors up and down this road that it's not normal to see a semi-truck show up into the church parking lot and so they come to check out what's going on and they offer to help and so now not people that are in the church just the neighbors are there helping through the snow, getting the food off of the truck. Well, long story short, they found that way to distribute that food, and it was so compelling to those neighbors and to others that they began doing this on a regular basis for as long as that food program lasted. A truck would come every now and then, and they had the people ready to offload that truck and to get it distributed out into the community where there were real needs. When, that, <laughs> when it ended, because some of those feeding programs had a, had a end point and they weren't available anymore, then the team that had collected there of neighbors and others, they wanted to keep doing something to minister to the needs of the community. So one outgrowth of that is that Pastor Jess and that team have planted a dinner church. It meets on Tuesday nights at the firehouse, and one of the main um, groups of people that this is ministering to, there is a large um, group of homeless people in her community that they are 
it's taking almost all of their money to pay for a hotel. They can only stay in each hotel for two weeks, and then they shuffle around from hotel to hotel, and they are coming to this dinner church, receiving a meal and receiving the word of God and the fellowship and being discipled in the Lord. God does big things through small acts of obedience. Can you see it in your mind? I want you to open up your mind and see that this was a church that had 10 people there Sunday morning. Now, I don't know who else wasn't there because of the snow, but we might be small in our own eyes, but if we will take small acts of obedience, God can do big things. Amen? Amen. So I want to leave you with a scripture. This is from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 19. Getting at verse 10, a final word. (laughs) Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, Put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news. so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. This is the word of the Lord. Hmm. The reality of stepping into God's plan is that we are going to be countercultural. We are going against the tide of the enemy, and we must prepare spiritually. We cannot do this in our own strength. So I end today with this encouraging word. Be strong in the Lord. Paul is echoing the command that God gave to Joshua as he prepared to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. Be strong and courageous. That was a word that was spoken over me as I prepared to become pastor of this church, elected almost five years ago. Can you believe it? 
And we are called to be strong and courageous in the Lord. We do not go in our own strength. We are not alone. The battle is not against people and friends. It can feel like it's against people right now. There's some stuff going on in our culture. There's some stuff going on where uh, violence is just unleashed. But we are not in a battle against people, but against the evil forces of the devil, of the world, and of the flesh. So I want to ask you, are you willing to join the adventure? (laughs) Being strong in the Lord so that we can take these small steps of obedience Eventually, there might be a big step of obedience, but as we are practiced in obeying and in going forward in the Lord, we'll be able to do that. What is a big thing? If it's true that each small step of obedience could open up God doing something big, I want you to think a moment. What is a big thing that you would love to see God do through your church? What is a big thing that you would love to see God do through your church? And I would like for you to write it down. And if you are willing and comfortable with it, I'd love for you to text it to me or email or whatever, whatever works for you. What would be a favorite thing for you to see grow and develop in your church? What is a big thing you would love to see God do through your church? I'm just going to pause here a moment and let you respond. Spirit, we welcome you here. Help us lift our eyes up. Help us to see what you can do through us, Lord. Help us be willing to obey. 
Again, if, if you're willing, I'd love to hear from you what you feel the Lord speaking to you. What's something that's just on your heart, something that you would love to see God do through your church? Let's hold firm to truth, to righteousness, to peace. These are the things Paul listed here as our armor. The only authentic peace is that which Christ won on the cross for us. Any other peace is going to be a temporary peace. We need the peace of Christ that passes all understanding. Let's be steadfast in faith, clothed in salvation, and depending on the word of God. And pray. Pray in the spirit, Paul said. Pray at all times, on every occasion. And then he said, don't check out. <laughs> be alert. Be alert. Don't start coasting, but stay alert. Be looking and listening so you are ready to take that small step of obedience at the moment that God is speaking it. You, it, it's, it might be here on Sunday morning. It might be here like in a time of prayer, but it more likely will be sometime this week where you are just living life and God wants to show you something where if you take a small step of obedience, he's able to work in that moment. He's able to do something. So don't check out. Stay alert. Be prayerful always. And let's see what God will do as we follow him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you for this church and what you have in your heart for this church. I believe that you are speaking that into individuals' hearts that are a part of your church here. And I pray, oh God, that as we will stand up, stand firm, be strong in the Lord, our faith in you, our courage in you, that we can move forward according to how you guide us. And I do pray, God, that throughout this week, you will show people small steps they can take, ways that they can be obedient to do what you're calling them to do. And I pray, oh God, that as we do that, we will see breakthroughs. We will see you at work. We will see new ministries birthed. We will see new um, empowerment in our own life for what you want to do here in this place. And I'm trusting you for that, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want to ask us to um, one last prayer together. I meant to do this earlier, but this attack on Speaker Pelosi's husband is a very challenging thing. And I want us to just pray against that 
type of violence being unleashed. Um, there are things going on all over the world. <laughs> there are attacks happening all over the world, but this hits closer to home because it's somebody, you know, in our own seat of government, third in line to the president. You know, it's a big deal. And, and I can tell you that over the years, I have not agreed with Speaker Pelosi on everything that she has stood for, but that does not equal unleashing violence. And, and whatever that spirit is, is not going to be overcome with further anger or strife or violence. We need to come at this in prayer. Next Sunday, uh, I'm going to be talking, Lord willing, about how to be patri a patriotic Christian. <laughs> how can we do this well? And um, I, I think it's an important topic to look at. But will you join me in prayer right now? And, and I'm asking you to join me in prayer. I'm asking you to not just sit there in quietness. I want you to join me in prayer, speaking against this evil force of violence that has been unleashed. All right? Can we do that together? Let's pray. If you're willing, just lift up your hands like this. It's a, it's a, it's a sign of surrender to the Lord and also of resistance to the devil. So, Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, and we speak against the violence that has been unleashed on our land and the anger and the strife and the instability that it has created, the rhetoric that would encourage violence, the leaders that would actually incite violence. We pray, O oh God, that you would put a stop to it, that you would overflow by your spirit stop people from being able to do this violence to those that they disagree with on their politics that in jesus name father you would do a work through your people we pray against violence in jesus name in jesus name we cannot do this on our own. Law enforcement cannot do this on our own. The military cannot do this on our own. We need the power of the Holy Spirit at work to put to rest the spirit of violence in Jesus' name. And we trust you for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's stand together. I'm going to send you out with a blessing. It's a good day to be serving the Lord. Amen? So you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. If you enjoyed today's message, why not share it with a friend? I invite you to subscribe at Apple Podcast and our YouTube channel. We'd love to hear your feedback and comments. So glad that you were with us today. Look forward to seeing you next week. At Vienna Assembly of God, we love God, others, and life.
and we're leading our community in a growing relationship with God.